Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of Diggin' with Peter. They thought we'd never make it this far. Today, we're talking about Orchestral Favorites by Frank Zappa. Dre and I had a lot to say about this, and it was really hard to distill our conversation down to 15 minutes or so, but I think you'll get the general gist of everything. It's a complex work, and if you want to hear what it's about, I've put a link to the album on YouTube Music in the show notes. I hope you enjoy, and thank you. We are talking this time around about Frank Zappa's Orchestral Favorites, which is an all-instrumental album, short on tracks, long on complexity. There, there, is a, there is some history behind how this particular album got made, and it all ties into what would have been a four-record, like eight-side set, called Leather. That, oh, that's how you say that. Yeah. L-A with an umlaut, T-H-E-R. Just pronounced leather. Shut my face. I was over here like lava. Lather. Yeah, I know. It kind of looks like that. But no, he always pronounced it leather. What happened here is that at the time that Frank produced leather, he was still under contract to, I think it was Warner Brothers. Don't quote me on that. And his contract stated that he needed to make four more albums and at the time at the time it counted for the for the purposes of the contract that if he delivered a four a a single album with four records it counted the same as making four individual albums well first of all he wanted out of that contract because he hated warner brothers when he delivered leather as a finished product to warner brothers what they said was you're just throwing sound at us and hoping that it sticks and it counts and he's like no this is a this is a finished work this is an album this is the album i'm giving you and it's serious and i mean it and they're like no we're not going to do this so what he wound up doing was was he went on the radio in lost i think it was los angeles and he basically announced over the next four nights i am going to play the entirety of this album leather so get your tapes ready so that you can record the whole thing because Warner Brothers doesn't want to release it. And he did. The whole thing led to a whole bunch of legal complications and some court cases. And uh, the entirety of what would have been leather was released, well, like I said, as four individual albums over the course of a couple of years. But even those didn't come out right away. Like Orchestral Favorites here, which would have been one record of this four record set, finally got a release in 1979 after Frank had put it together in 1975. Okay. Yeah, I only saw stuff about leather and then films when I looked up stuff on this one. Mm-hmm. What I've got here with me and I, that I've used for lots of reference on lots of Frank Zappa works is a great book. It's called The Big Note and it's subtitled A Guide to the Recordings of Frank Zappa. This is, a, this is a pamphlet. It's very small. It's only about 800 pages. It's like a morning read. I know you could get through this in an afternoon at most. Yeah. Seriously, a couple cups of coffee. Like I said, you can't really talk about orchestral favorites without talking about leather, and you can't talk about leather without acknowledging that there is some serious baggage behind leather. It was eventually released, like as a set. It only took three full CDs instead of four full records, uh, but they finally released it as a set, like in 1996. You know, so it only took a good. 20 years after he put it together the the tracks that went into 
orchestral favorites in particular. They're all basically modern classical compositions. <laughs> this is this is complicated. It's like this album. Just a little bit, yes. And he put the orchestra he put together. I am going to absolutely butcher the pronunciation of this because nothing can be easy with Frank. Abnusials or Abnukiels? Emuka, that's E M U U K H A, Electric Orchestra. These are very complex pieces. Yeah, I know you listened to it once pretty early on, and you probably had to sit on and digest it for a little while. Mm hmm. Okay, so besides, holy crap, what the hell is this, Peter, you've got me into, what did you think? Just like right off the bat. I didn't feel like I needed visuals with this because the first, very first thing that popped in my head was on the second track was Tom and Jerry, one of those episodes where there was like a ghost or something and they were like scared and it was this weird like suspense in the episode and that Pedro's dowry just put me there and I was like did he do this for like silent movies or cartoons or plays he he did some soundtrack work both for both for other people's uh, films and for films that he either intended to make or actually did make for example uh, he did the soundtrack for a film called the world's greatest sinner he did the soundtrack for a movie he put together called 200 motels which ah, is some notes he's got he's got experience i don't think he had soundtracks specifically in mind when these when these uh compositions were being put together i would like to see someone take like this album and create visuals for it like live action a play something no no words just people acting i just want to see what they would put together but that's what I was thinking of. Like, I kept getting phrases in my head, like walking through a busy city full of lunacy, a really busy intersection. So you were seeing, like, real images. No, I wanted to. You wanted to see, like, shapes, mm -hmm. not just shapes and colors or sounds. You wanted to see something associated with it. And it could be anything, because it was so random. I'm like, I could imagine someone just putting the GoPro on their forehead and walking around and then setting what they saw to the music, and there we go. That kind of deal. Probably the most uh, the most abstract piece on this, as far as just this this has so little structure. It's naval aviation in art. The shortest one. Yeah, that's like a minute and a half long. <laughs> and you listen to it, and you're like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be hearing or seeing, or if this is just a disconnected bunch of sounds. I was like, is this a palate cleanse for the next thing that's going to happen? I don't know if it was intended to be, but I think it kind of is. Yeah, because it was. Like I think it kind of works that way. Yeah, because it was it was nice and it was short, different mm -hmm. from the thing before, different from the thing after. I felt like that was a nice little take a breath, and we're gonna go again. Frank had this had this habit of quoting some of his music in his other pieces. It's one of the things that actually makes his music, like on different albums, very good for re-listening and close listening. Is like if you listen to like some of his live work or some tracks on his later albums, you are probably going to hear little phrases. If you're listening closely, you're going to hear little phrases of things he did much earlier in his career. He actually called this idea conceptual continuity. I like it. And he did this not just with like musical phrases, but with but with ideas 
uh, with imagery, with characters. He had this thing about poodles that just kind of popped up at random places in his... There, there's a lot there. But like Strictly Genteel, I think the first place that one ever showed up was as part of the finale to 200 Motels. It showed up in, in concerts, like in parts of it in concert during like his 1978 tour. He had it on orchestral favorites here it was on make a jazz noise here which was sometime in the 80s when he was touring with a smaller ensemble so thinking about what you're saying at the very end of that track Mm -hmm. there is music and i know i've heard it somewhere do you know what i'm talking about it starts at like six minutes 25 seconds okay it's the end of this track and i know i've heard it somewhere and it's so familiar I've heard it like randomly and I'm like, what, where did that come from? I wish I could hum it, but it's not coming to me right now. But every time I listen to it at the end of it, I'm like, I know this from somewhere. Um, my other notes say it sounded like it was highlighting instruments. Cause it's like, he kept, that's the word, highlighting instruments that would just jump out to the front. And then my emotional response was like, oh my God, surprise, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say listening to this, okay, I may end up going through and exploring his music because the way you talk about him makes me love him and hearing this album and listening to things and hearing things that are familiar I'm like I know I've heard pieces of what he's done in places so now I want to go searching Mm -hmm. and connect dots that I didn't know existed before if you're looking for things that you are most likely to have heard in the wild you'd be looking at things like don't eat the yellow snow dance and fool which is like a a parody of not just disco as a style, but disco lifestyle, and also Valley Girl. I mean, I'm sure I'll find some obscure connection, like this one that I'm going to show you You later. You're going to find. (laughs) Going to find that song. (laughs) I listened to it like seven times in a row. I'm like, I know this. Mm -hmm. Now, was it me or were the last two tracks more what we're used to is when we think of music than the first two? That's what I was feeling. Like, I felt like... They are, they're definitely less abstract. Yeah, like I, the beginning was more dramatic and mm-hmm. I can't think of cinematic. Oh, that's the word, cinematic. The first two to me felt more cinematic. Like I wanted mm-hmm. those behind visuals. And then Naval Aviation, I'm like, all right, we're chilling for a second. And right. then this we is come our, back. This is our um, dividing line. Our intermission. Right, this is our intermission. <laughs> And then the last two, I felt, even though they were still a bit all over the place for me, they still felt more like music that I could follow and understand okay. for more of the length of the track than the first two. That's right. black. All right, but it, it sounds to me like you came away from this. Is impressed the right word? Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Did it subvert expectations? And if so, How? Because I'm not sure really what your expectations going into this were. I maybe really we didn't have any. Yeah, maybe we should have started there. Yeah, well, okay. So I didn't have any expectations when I started because the name rang a bell, but I could not tell you for the life of me why I knew this name. I know that on this dead iPod I have, there's Frank Zappa on there. What's mm-hmm. on there? I don't know. So I've heard something. I appreciated this album very much because of the instruments. I love real instruments. I love orchestras. I love musical arrangements. I like listening to them and using my imagination to put something else with them. Cause mm-hmm. usually for me, music goes with something else. Yeah, I, the first listen through, it was like, what just happened? I don't know what just happened. So I'm gonna do this again. 
And then the second time I sat down and took notes because I was like, there's no way I'm going to listen to this and not pay attention again. I had nothing to compare it to outside of classical and music and plays and because I have a list, Alfred Hitchcock, Twilight Zone, silent plays, mimes, clowns, comedies, tragedies. Mm -hmm. That's what I had in mind as I listened to it. So that's what I want. Like, I'm probably going to go searching. I kept thinking about Flying Lotus and how weird he is. I'm not familiar with Flying Lotus. Tell me. I really can't make sense of him either. He does some of the most off-the-wall things I've ever heard of. There's a movie he made called, I think, Kuso, K-U-S-O. It's marketed as a horror flick, but it's core porn with his music behind it, basically. Like, I watched the first 30 minutes. I was like, there's no plot here. People are just doing really gross stuff on the screen. But his music makes me want to keep watching because it's interesting. And it's this weird mingling of these very interesting sounds and what the hell is happening on this screen. This what I that's what I think about listening to this. Like, what's going on in these sounds? What would I see when I hear this? I don't know. And now I'm curious. Okay, so if you liked this, uh, mm -hmm. I would recommend just taking a look at the London Symphony Orchestra album and also at the Yellow Shark, which was the last album he released before his death. I think this is the most exciting follow-up stuff that I've, we've talked about since we started this that I have on my list of things I'm going to do one day. Okay. Please tell me you're going to ask me to rate this one. Rate this one. I thought about that beforehand, and all I have is how do you rate this? What are we comparing it to? Because I can't. I don't feel like I can rate this as a musical album, though, because I don't process it as a musical album like I would the last three. Because okay. with those, I'm thinking of... You know, do I like the way it sounds? How are the lyrics? This one feels like a study. Because I have a lot of experience listening to Frank, and I have no qualms about rating something that I don't fully understand, I am going to give this one an eight. It's not quite perfection. As far as how much I love a, a Frank album goes, this is not the top of my list. I can't give it a 10. And if it were longer with the same kind of quality, I might even give it a nine, but I think I have to give this an eight and an eight okay. is still awfully damn good. Okay. Okay. So here's this. I'll give it a seven. I would play this over and over and over again because there's so much going on. I know I'm going to miss something every single time mm -hmm. and I'm going to find a lot of joy breaking it apart and putting it back together in my brain. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be looking for connections and it's, gonna give me something to do so yeah i'd, I'd give it a seven because i is, also don't feel like this would be my favorite either okay this is intellectually stimulating it's very okay let's see what it gives us today hey google give me a number between one and 2051 1183 1183 we get nirvana's unplugged in new york and that's our show for today i suppose this is the traditional podcast place where i exhort you to leave ratings or reviews for us on whatever platform you're using consider this your warning just just do it and i don't want to have to send the goons thank you to dre for joining me and of course to you for joining us until next time, be good to your music, because it's been good to you. <laughs>